bodacious babes and awesome dudes you are now tuned in to the disney holic show TV. And that's Jen Diz. Get ready for another Patreon-inspired episode all about Disney in the 80s. We'll look back at Disney's milestones in our own personal memories, but first, we need to talk about what's currently on fans' minds. So, try not to make this episode start off on a Debbie Downer moment. <laughs> However, it's a sad topic, but you may have heard yesterday we lost Angela Lansbury. She was 96 years old, was born in 1925, and just passed away yesterday. Wow. It sounds like she is a tale as old as time, she, if, you, if you ask she, me. <laughs> Um, and she lived a life. She meant a lot of things to so many people over the ages, I guess, depending on when you first knew her. Right. You know, for me, for example, a lot of the Golden Girls, I know them as Golden Girls, but older generations might know them as other stars. And it's the same thing right. with Angela Lansbury. So Broadway, theater, movies, TV, Universal Studios, you know, she had there was a murder she wrote uh, land there. For a while, which there was it, a land, yeah, for and, that? It, and it became Jaws, and they just reused her set where she rides the bike across the oh, pier. I think they might have actually filmed like the intro, uh, with the music there. Anyways, I bring that up because my family and I we, we would always watch Murder She Wrote, and especially my dad and his parents, my grandparents, and I remember her, um, from there from that show first before some of the Disney stuff. And then I was just looking on Instagram and Nina West, shout out to Nina West. She wrote the same exact thing. She said, oh, I used to sit with my grandparents and watch every episode every week. Oh, Murder, She Wrote. That is sad. I did also watch Murder, She Wrote with my grandma. Oh. I was like, yeah, that and uh, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. (laughs) That's a good combo. Um, I know you also looked to see what, you know, there's some obvious and probably ones I don't know about. Disney connections for Angela Lansbury, tale as old as time. Right, yeah. So first and foremost, she's Mrs. Potts, right, from Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Um, one of, like, the most endearing characters. She's just like, I want her to be my grandma. And Miss Potts is, like, the perfect, well, I guess she's a mother, but I feel like she's a grandma. She I feel like she is, feel. too, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the title song. Uh, she sings the title song and it won an Academy Award. And how's it go, Mike? Tale as old as time. It's a fun karaoke song. It's very easy to sing and people can join in. So I recommend that. Oh, but it's that. slow. Don't you get awkward on slow karaoke songs? Karaoke? Uh, no, what I usually do <laughs> is I, you know, we have fun with it. Especially if I'm like with my Disney cousins. Like we'll just like act it okay. out. And what's fun is you could do it twice. Usually they'll have the animated version, which is shorter. Well, sometimes longer, depending on what it is. And then they'll have the pop song, and it's usually like Peebo Bryson, in this case, Celine Dion. Uh, so you could do both oh, songs, my goodness. and you get a second chance at it. There you go. Hilarious. Well, other than Mrs. Potts, she also played Eglantine Price. <laughs> 
in Benaz and Broomsticks. So she is the witch from that movie. And both Mike and I do not remember her full name. So I'm wondering if she often used it. But yes, Benaz and Broomsticks is often another thing we think about quickly with Angela Lansbury. She also did a lot of voiceover work, including Kingdoms or Kingdom of Hearts. So she voiced Mrs. Potts for that. And oh, she in the video game, various... Kingdom Hearts. King... Oh, yeah. Met... Oh, met... I always throw um, the of. Those characters, thank you very much, at Oogie Boogie Bash. Kingdom Hearts, that is right. Um, and then she was the host of Fantasia 2000. And just like I said, various other voice work for Disney. You may have heard her in the parks a few times um, and on lots of different uh, specials, especially for the Disney Channel. Um, and then the final project that she did with Disney was she was the balloon lady in Mary Poppins Returns. Do you remember? Oh, I do. And I remember like feeling warm that I saw she was in this. Yeah, like, <laughs> yay, Angela. <laughs> and she feels like a part of the Mary Poppins franchise, even though she's not, because Bedknobs and Broomsticks came out around the same time as we were kids watching these movies for the first time. And Mary mm-hmm. Poppins and this one and like Pete's Dragon um, anyone that had like an, a cartoon in it, I confused them all as one thing. Right. He had all blended to one <laughs> so long she was film. Perfect in Mary Poppins. Return. So funny. Um, so Angela Lansbury was inducted as a Disney legend in 1995. And it's kind of fun who she was next to in the uh, legends for that year. Wally Bogue and Fulton Burley, Dean Jones, Edward Meck, Fred Moore, Thurl Ravenscroft, which is one of my favorites, Waffle Rogers, and Betty Taylor. So, wow. <sighs> R.I.P. to Angela Lansbury for sure. Well, Angela deserves a true Disney Holics goodbye. So, I did find a really cool audio clip of her over at the Beauty and the Beast 25th anniversary. It was a D23 fan anniversary, is what they called it. So, let's listen in on her performance of Beauty and the Beast live. This is when the Beast in full costume and a theatrical version of Belle, they walk out on stage. And then now, of course, Dame Angela Lansbury comes out on stage. On piano, we have Alan Menken. Taylor's oldest time True as it can be Barely even friends, then somebody bends unexpectedly. Just a little change, small to say the least, both a little scared, neither one prepared, beauty and the beast, ever just the same. Ever a surprise Ever as before Ever just as sure As the sun will rise Tale as old as time Tune as old as song Bittersweet and strange Finding you can change Learning you were wrong certain as the sun rising in the east 
Tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme, beauty and the beast. Tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme, beauty and the beast. Run along and get in the cupboard, Chip. <laughs> Time you was in bed. Good night, love. Oh, it's so sweet hearing her. Um, she has such a recognizable voice. Yes, yes. It's interesting in the comments of this video. Um, and the, this is five, it says five years ago, one month ago. So these aren't recent because of her death. And one of the comments here at the top says, hey, she understands this song so well. It's not about hitting notes perfectly. It's about the melancholy reflection of having aged wisdom on the love of youth. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. <laughs> I love hearing passion from other Disney holics like that. That's very powerful. Uh, well, anyway, speaking of live performances, you recently... <laughs> Went to go see the Disney drag show again in the Bay Area. I did. So this was their volume two version of the Disney drag show at Club 1220 Walnut Creek. So much fun again. And actually, you were bringing up Mary Poppins. Uh, Mary Poppins made an uh, appearance as well Ooh, as Disney I love drag. It. it was too funny. Spoonful of sugar. And every time she said to, uh, just a spoonful of sugar, she like threw back a shot. Oh, that's cute. And had a little kick with it. It was I like so when, that it's not just so, the cartoons, like that they brought her in. That's funny. Right, yes. And she was in her, like, uh, the gray coat outfit that you don't see people do too often. Usually it's, like, the white and red dress, oh, yeah. right? Um, so, yeah, just tons of fun. Uh, had a blast, as always. Give a very big shout-out to Nicole and Lillian, who came with me. These are old school friends, just as long as I've known Mike. And uh, same group of friends from high school. I got to take them to their very first drag show. And, of course, it's a Disney one. And that was the best way to do it, I think. I love it. First of many, it seems. (laughs) Um, Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, And then we also saw my friend Kylie with her friend there as well. And I got to meet or say hi again to Danielle and a few of her friends. She came with a group, I believe, of four of them all together, and they were all in Disney-bound characters. So she was dressed in a Disney-bound version of Ariel, and I got to spend a little time with her friend who was Disney-bounding as Snow White, and it was just so cool because they were sitting in front of us the whole time, and I did not know that they were there, and they found out about the drag show through our podcast. So I just love those moments seeing that we actually have something coming out of our podcast, right? Yeah. That is the cutest and coolest thing. Hello, Danielle. Shout out to you. Yes, shout out. Thanks for coming out. It was really fun, and I, um, I'm glad to hear that you guys had fun as well. Wow, they deserve all the sound effects I could find on this soundboard right now. <laughs> um, well, that's really cool. I'm definitely jealous every time you go to these Disney drags or the Golden Girls drags. I want to go to all of these things. I know you need to move out here. I know. There are some over here, too. Come on this Actually, way. we both need to move to L.A., and there's even more things to do. So there you go. I'm just I've saying. been <laughs> contemplating it. I've been telling... Um, I've been trying to plant the seeds, not specifically yes. L.A., but closer to family. And both of Jerry and I's family are all in the West Coast or Arizona, which is Southwest, I guess. 
do it. So do it's like, it. where is Get there that's there, close? If anyone has ideas. So I can crash when I come down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I definitely, I think neither of us would move, would live in L.A., but I'm trying to find out where Orange County. Where something nearby, right, that could still get us to family easily. If anybody has any ideas or you want to sell your city. Oh, you're already thinking Palm me. Springs probably, right? I would love Arizona. to because it's, <laughs> it's very gay. It's very uh, retro. I love like, the, th- the design. It is very there, cute. That right? mid-century modern vibe yeah. is real out there And then for uh, sure. to your point, the Disney uh, housing Epcot. What is it called? I forgot already. Imagination. Oh, yeah. I already forgot what it's called. Cortina. Dreamlight Cortino, Valley. I think Dreamlight Valley. Oh, my God. That would be so good. <laughs> Disney Cotino. Yes, I would love to live there. Um, oh, my gosh. But, yeah. Okay. So, anyways. Yeah. What I well, was speaking thinking, of travel, yeah. <laughs> um, there was actually another listener that reached out. So, shout out to Natty Shea on Instagram. And I just loved her message to us because she went to Disney World for her very first time. And she said that our information helped her a lot in her travels, which is so cool to hear. And she also said a few things that I found pretty, like, entertaining and funny and or totally truthful. So she listed a little bit of pros and cons in this situation. I'm going to start off with the cons so we can land on the pros, all right? Combo. So (laughs) she mentioned how things are much more spaced out. So if any of you have never been to Disney World, it's likely one of their very first... It's like a culture shock moment almost. You walk in and it's like huge. Like everything is big and further away. So like she definitely noticed that. Um, it's something that I've definitely noticed. Every time I go there and you walk way more because of it. Just right. saying. It's like visiting a city versus a theme park. It's a, you're trying right. to explore a whole city. And then she noticed that something was missing when she was on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Do you know what that is, Mike? Is it? I'm, I'm guessing here because I think I know. Is it the goat? The goat is missing. She's like, where is that goat with the TNT? What? Oh, my like, god! It's not Big Thunder without the goat trick, right? <laughs> goat, literally greatest of all time. There you go. It's only at Disneyland. I didn't realize that until now. Okay. Confirmed. <laughs> and then she also brought up, wait, was it the Space Mountain? Was the Space Mountain soundtrack different? Do you know this answer? Is it? To, it is to, different. To our regular Space Mountain. Yes. Oh. Is one still the Michael G score and one's not, or is completely different? It no, it's completely different. Oh but that's God. kind of a trick question way to say that. Cause guess what? I'll just tell you. There's yeah. no music on the Space Mountain in Disneyland, Disney World. Stop. Seriously. Stop everything. Do you remember a couple episodes back and I told you how uneasy I felt when I was by myself on that ride? That's why. This <laughs> That's completely so explains when I was... it. <laughs> Nobody That's told me. you can hear everything yeah. and feel everything. Yes, you could just like... hear like the track creaking and everything. I don't like yep. it. Ugh. No one. Yep. Okay, that explains everything. Yeah, so warning, <laughs> do not ride Space Mountain by yourself, even if you're tempted because there's no line. That's why it would make it even more awkward if you wanted to scream or something, right? Because yeah, I I heard every every sound I made, including whatever the car made. Ew! As soon as I realized that's what was different, because I went to look it up and I was like, wait, I don't remember any music. But I thought it was tripping, and then once I looked it up and turned out there is no music, I realized that that's why it feels so weird because of all those like quick drops. You like hear the landing of each. I don't yeah, know. It's hard like to it's explain it. Like a county fair it's ride. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the rumbling. <laughs> Ooh. 
Exactly. That is really weird. And then lastly, for the cons, she mentioned that was that Epcot was a little hard to connect with um, because she did not go as a kid, so she's wondering if the nostalgia part of Epcot holds like a, a lot of weight. Um, and then also she's like, or maybe when all the walls and constructions are gone. So I'm like, yes, that will definitely help yeah. because Epcot is a wall land right now. Um, and that definitely takes away from the beauty of Epcot altogether. Yeah, the first so. time I visited Epcot was 2005. So to me, gosh, even though 15 years has passed, I don't feel connected to the nostalgia that I, I'm pretty sure Natty Shea is referring to, like the old Epcot. I don't know that old Epcot, but there's been so many changes since 2005 that I'm already now nostalgic for 2005 Epcot. So my point is, Natty, you will get there. Maybe one day you'll be nostalgic <laughs> about the walls. <laughs> you'll be like, they, oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> Let's hope not. Oh, my goodness. But she did have a couple pros, and one of them was actually still in Epcot. And it's that uh, there's plenty of space. This is all of the land, sorry, or all the parks. There's plenty of space to expand. She noticed that, which I do love about Walt Disney World. Sorry, I have a lot of sirens going by right now, and I'm very angry. I'm like, could you not have had that problem before I started recording right? my podcast? Can't people just chill? <laughs> just chill, Fremont. All right. So she said all the uh, different parks have tons of space to expand. And, like, that's something that we all wish Disneyland had, right? Yeah. We feel like there would be so much more movement in Disneyland if there was that space. But um, they have plenty of it to go with in Disney World. And with that comes new rides. And she said Cosmic Rewind is her new favorite ride. I am so happy to hear that because I want to make sure <laughs> it's not just me that's obsessed with it. But it's such a fun ride. It just puts you in such a good mood after. And it doesn't yeah. matter, like how cool or expensive or thrilling a ride is as long as it puts you in a good mood after well you know that's that's awesome very true um and then also her very first trip to animal kingdom obviously and she said that park is just absolutely beautiful so again if you guys ever go to disney world lots of people end up skipping animal kingdom because it is low on attractions but man that place is gorgeous so yeah it's beautiful. depending on what you're there for i would highly suggest keeping it on your list to visit because it is just Something like you haven't seen before, which is really cool. Oh, and one quick thing. Just recently we found out Cosmic Rewind um, is getting a Christmas overlay. and They're going to have a holiday remix. I think it's just one song, but still really cool. Um, oh, don't they have that movie coming out too? Yeah, the holiday special like holiday on special? Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I forgot about that already. So I'm learning, Goodness. I guess, that Marvel plus Disney parks, they're on top of their SHIT. They are really, like, they are in sync. Bye, bye, bye. Like, yeah. they are. <laughs> like, I haven't even seen Werewolf by Night yet, and he's already there running around Avengers Campus. Oh, my God. That's so cool. I'm so excited to talk to you about that, too, but that's okay. Okay. We'll hold. Yeah, I'm trying to hold save it, it for Halloween. Trying to. <laughs> um, yeah, well, anyway, yeah. thanks, Natty, for writing in, and thanks, Danielle, for coming out and bringing your friends, and... Thanks to my friends for coming out and just so many cool things going on with this like little family we're building. I love it. And we truly like this is one of our favorite topics because people ask us all the time the difference between Disney World and Disneyland. So if anyone else out there is doing one of those parks for the first time, let us know. Send us a DM or a voice message or something because I love hearing this stuff. Totally. Um, well, let's find out what other Disney holics are also thinking about. So I've been spending a lot of time in the black hole that reddit is i just love it um and in disney reddit is what i call it you know where people talk about disneyland or disney world depending on the subreddit 
What I've been seeing lately is a lot of discussion about the magic is gone at Disney World and Disneyland. And, you know, that's always there here and there. But I'm seeing a lot more of that. And then also a lot of like Instagram comments on other people's posts where they're talking about things like the lack of maintenance, attraction uptimes. It's not clean anymore. Then there's like, you know, price increases this price surge model that they've been doing that's a lot like uber when it's raining except now they do it for lightning lane and park (laughs) tickets what do you what do you think is this normal to have a big surge of this type of opinion um i mean i've we've seen it before Mm -hmm. um in a different manner right like different things make this uh, kind of uproar happen um However, this specific situation, I think, is happening in a lot of places. It's not just Disneyland. Mm. So I'm kind of giving them a pass a little bit. Like, not a pass, but, like, I just feel like it's kind of, like, like there's nothing they can do to fix some of the things, I feel like. It's not just, like, they don't want to do certain things or they just, like, the staffing issue is a real issue still with, like, everybody Right. Yeah, that's it's a good a, point. These outside market external yep. factors that we know about, you know, being in HR too is like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are real things and um I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm torn too. I think I think because they've been so well known for their premium quality matching the high prices. So you expect, mm-hmm. you know, how many urban legends are there about you can't throw a piece of trash on the floor at Disneyland and it'll be picked up in X amount of seconds? I think people shorten right. the duration whenever they tell a story. <laughs> but uh, so people expect that and they expect to go there and that maybe one ride is closed that was, you know, scheduled, but not just breaking down throughout the day. So I guess I, I see both sides. Oof, That's a tough spot to be in for Disney. Yeah. So what are people saying? Um, so the main themes are... Uh, those first two that I mentioned, like the cleanliness and then a lot of rides breaking down. But I'm also seeing a lot of um, people not. OK, let's see how to say this right. People are frustrated with the complicated and complex pricing systems that have been in place over the past few years. So it's not just the price increases. There's a mix of sentiment there. So, for example, A good way to look at it is like Southwest Airlines is a great airline. People know it for friendliness, quality, and affordability. And Spirit Airlines tries to be this company that is wants to be well known for its transparency. So you know how every single thing impacts the final cost of your ticket. And if you want those specific things, you have to pay extra for it. And, you know, at the end of the day, both might price out at the same It's just their perspective on like what they think is consumer transparency. And that's where I'm thinking Disney is going the wrong route. They're becoming like Spirit Airlines where, you know, like just charge me a bunch. You're going to increase the price anyways of the ticket. But then don't make me think about the $25 Genie Plus or the $25 Lightning Lane to ride Rise of Resistance just for one person. Like I don't want to think about all that. Just charge me a bunch up front and then let me go about my day. And so that's what I'm seeing a lot of opinions on i agree with that last one like i'd rather you just charge me like a plane ticket that's not spirit airlines <laughs> versus all the add-ons and then the price surging too or, or people people seem to be upset about that too um i think one of our listeners i was just reading on instagram i think claudia shout out was saying something about that like um 25 for one lightning lane now 
for a ride and then also $25 for the Genie Plus, actually, without a cap, meaning they can surge it now like Uber and like they used to do the lightning lanes or that like they do with the lightning right. lanes. And that's scary because I like knowing that, okay, I got to pay Genie Plus this one-time fee, but now they're saying they can surge it. So what do you think about all those uh, opinions and just do the external factors still count as an okay reason? So there's, okay, so... I just actually booked a flight on Frontier Airlines, which is very similar. It oh, yeah. for like every Spirit, single thing. Right? Yeah. It was like either take a $300 flight home from Phoenix or a $59 flight on Frontier Airlines. So I was like, <laughs> well, I guess I'm taking Frontier. Um, and when I went through the entire process, it still came out to about double that, but it was still like so far away from the other pricing that I went ahead with it. But one thing I do like about this a la carte item is that if you are going there for the day and don't want any of that stuff, you don't have to pay for it. So that part is really nice. Like it, I feel like there might be like a, a way to get around that. So maybe have like a package deal for people who go once a year, they can buy this like souped up ticket that includes everything. They don't have to think about it and it's already there versus people who want a la carte options. Like maybe have both of them available for people, but I personally really hate paying for stuff that I don't use. So for instance, going all the time as a frequent annual or magic key holder, I wouldn't want to pay for Genie Plus every single time I go. So I'd be frustrated if I had to always pay that $25 fee and like, you know. I think the Um, the reason why I think, uh, I might say I push back on that a little bit, specifically to Genie Plus, is because this is like, um, like Spirit Airlines charging for a carry-on because you're assumed that comes with it. And the audacity that it doesn't is so crazy. Oh, see, but I don't, and, I don't see it. Genie Plus ah, has come But what I want to say is how quickly are we forgetting that this is just FastPass. They're just charging to get it back. And people yeah. are used to having FastPass like a carry-on item. It's just part of the experience. I don't, I don't know. We haven't, we haven't had free FastPass in a, in a long time. I mean, we kind of did, but nobody was doing that anymore. MaxPass came out, what, 2015 or something? Was it? So Has it been, been out that long? Time. Max I think so, yeah. Wow. It's and then a that's a good point because Disneyland and Disney World. Yeah, Disney World's a different, different story. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to Disney World. I've only known it with FastPass Plus as a modern. Right. Modern. That being, is different. Right? Um, and then with the Magic Bands and all that, which also they're charging now, used to be included. And it's like, wait, what? That used to be free. I guess if they get far enough from people remembering that about each coast, then they're in a good spot. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I mean, even I think Max Pass came out, it was already, I think it was $15 when it first started. And then they immediately went up to 20, like not even very long, like a few months later, which we're seeing with Genie Plus is like a year later or something. Wow. Now they're bumping up the price. So I wasn't surprised with that. However, I've always had to pay for it. So, and then they still don't have the option for the annual pass, right? Or do they? No, they added sure. photo pass, right? And it's only re- it's still photo. only renewals at Disneyland that can purchase. So that's yeah. more of a limited group. So then um, by your thinking, tell me if this is correct, would you probably not buy a Genie Plus if it's surging too high that day? It depends on what I'm doing that day, truthfully. Mm, okay. Like if I have if I'm gonna get there early, I might get Genie Plus. If I get there in the afternoon like I do most of the times, I'll never get Genie Plus because like I it's like I, most of the stuff is sold out by that time anyways, and it's not right. a, good a good product point. for later in the afternoon. 
um, and or for only a few hours in the park. So if I go there at like six and I only have till midnight, I probably won't. Because um, truthfully, you only need it for like three hours, right? Because then yeah. everybody leaves after the fireworks. So it would be really mostly based around my day. If I'm going there with someone who's never been, I would for sure buy it. If I was there with a bunch uh, of that's a good point. people that are regulars, probably not. Like right? the, the noobs, you want to give them a nice, pleasant memory. Yes, I want them <laughs> to have the yeah. best experience possible. Exactly. I will talk them all into getting Genie Plus because I have... Literally heard everyone go for their very first time, come back saying like that Genie Plus service was amazing. Amazing. So. It's become a thing now. Like people know what it is. It was they they quickly figured out how to get the word out there. And I think for a while we didn't think that was possible. I thought, right. oh my god, this <laughs> yeah. is too no one's gonna remember Genie Plus, but people know, like new people who have never been, they're like, Tell me about this Genie they're Plus. They're like thing. more on it than I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's keep going down this rabbit hole of what people are thinking. Um, over on Instagram, we put a handful of polls up over the last month, and they're really good ones. The first one that I thought would be cool to look at is still related to Disneyland and the annual pass system. So you had posted a nice poll while you were at Disneyland, which was, are you someone who identifies as an annual pass holder or a <laughs> magic key holder, which is AP or MK? Very confusing. Yes. So I like I think I already did it once this episode. Like I can't get around calling it an annual pass. Like yeah. it just has been too long. And magic key sounds like a thing instead of you know what I mean? Like it I don't know. I just picture like a physical key and it just kind of throws me off. I picture like a video game or something. Like, yeah. Like and we love acronyms and abbreviations. So MK is just too hard to say because it's already Magic Kingdom. Yes. Also that. Um, so I constantly keep accidentally saying an annual pass holder. So that's why I put that poll out was after I screwed it up in one of my stories. So I was laughing about it. And turns out I'm not the only one because 89% of you guys out there also consider annual pass holders still. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that's a lot. So I think that in terms of like getting branding across, this one is not working, it seems like. Um, Could be a little bit of a fail. We like to be called APs and we talk about it as like if it's a real AP thing. brain. AP I mean, brain. we have like a whole bunch of, yeah. I just realized they're coloring ourselves P brains this whole time. P brain. <gasps> uh, AP <laughs> discount, like I, MK discount sounds weird. AP discount. Yeah, it doesn't flow. Uh, another sure. poll while you were there at Disneyland was Jungle Cruise. When do you go on the Jungle Cruise expedition? Bright and early, midday or nighttime? And it seems like there was a split between sunlight and, and nighttime. So nighttime was 53%. So about half of the pollsters, the people who were um, writing it, or what is the word? Voting. <laughs> I think the Voting. Word, I was like weighing. People voted I was like, huh. about half weighing in. for nighttime. And then the other half was split between midday and bright and early. I love it. My nighttime people, that's what's up. <laughs> I mean, if you could do both and there's no way... They're, I like to see both. Um, I do. It's hard. Yes. Yeah, that's hard to tell. And then if it's jingle, was it jingle all the way? I'm assuming there's n more lights on, Christmas lights strung up. The Jingle Cruise. Jingle Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> jingle all the way, I think, is a movie with. It's a movie. <laughs> is it either JTT or Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> I think both. Mayor Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Let's just go with both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was a fun Jungle Cruise one. And then. Um, there is a really cool one that you had posted, which was a submissions question. Oh, yeah. And so it was, was something yeah. you like to do when it's busy in the parks. 
Okay, and that's fun when you get to post today. that uh, while you're there because if people are submitting, you can actually like do the thing. Exactly. That that's what I was looking for. I was just kind of stuck that day and I was like, what are people doing? <laughs> it's super busy because that was an unexpected busy day and it was so hot. Oof, it's hard when it's hot. It's limited options. Yeah. What were you doing? Like, what are some of the things you did? Oh, gosh. Um, lots of the indoor rides. I went on Tiki Room and Pirates and Haunted Mansion. Um, and just, like, kept... I, like, chilled and, like, I had lunch at Rancho de Zocalo in the shade. It was still kind of hot. That's Ooh. how hot of a day it was. But, yeah, I try to, like, keep in the shade and or indoor uh, attractions for sure. Just take I, it easy. Go slow. Don't overexert yourself. <laughs> I think that is a good strategy. Don't overexert yourself or else you're not going to have a memorable day. Um, so let's see what other people were saying. So we had some good ones like people watching. So shout out to eTicket55 said people watch, uh, which we love to do, especially if you can do it from the Main Street bench. That's ideal. Yes, the pork. <laughs> Porch potatoes. Shout out. Um, and then our friends over at Skywalking Through Neverland Podcast said, go to Batu over there in Galaxy's Edge and then chill the F out. <laughs> I like that. Chill the F out. And there's that little table. I'm like, were they telling me I need to chill the F out or just chill <laughs> oh, the no. F out? Oh, no. It sounds like they meant that's what you should do there when you get to Batu. Um, there's like those little hidden nooks with the tables between um, the, spy, the market and the entrance. On yes. The, on the urban side, the city side. Uh, Disney T says, get a Dole Whip and watch the ducks. Cute. That is very cute. Take the train around the park a few times. That was from Girl Brains. And I, one of my favorite things to do. And the older I get, the more I can do it. The more I want to do it. <laughs> I love that because you and I had just done that. We, we took it two round trips in a row, right? Yes, <laughs> We're just like, so just fun. nice. Relaxing. That's a good way to chill the F out. Um, <laughs> so we have more. Claudia says, chill by docking bay. I think that's the that's the little table area that we're thinking yes. of. Yes. Right? Chill by docking bay. Um, we have some other really cool ones. Going to Galaxy's Edge at night. It's pretty empty. And um, you could see the fireworks if it's a fireworks night. Now, I'm surprised at how much love Galaxy's Edge is getting at Disneyland Park, the original park. People are saying this a lot. That's right. It's now become, I think it fit in. By now, right? It does, right? And it is yeah. a chill spot. And if we are, that's pretty if we, cool. We like to go there to just chill and hang out. It's one of. And those. you can take the most beautiful photos at nighttime in Batu, especially because how they were mentioning there's hardly anybody over there. It's like a gorgeous. Wow. Okay, and we also have Laura continuing on about Galaxy's Edge, saying she likes to go to the crying room when it gets really packed. What is that? Do you know what that is? The crying room. I think I was going to ask her about this, and I never did. I don't know what this is. <laughs> is it the theater? Because there people were posting about it. it's a good place to cry. <laughs> or is this in Batu? I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, I The first thing I thought of when she said that were two spaces, and I don't think either of them are correct. One was the like the disability access room for finding nemo because it's like you ride the submarines oh. but in a room totally probably wrong and the other one is that do you remember that little sit down area under the castle where you can watch the sleeping beauty walk through on yes the that's screen? also the accessible thing 
For that one reminds me of an actual crying room, like at church. <laughs> like for babies, <laughs> yeah, where you like, go behind the glass yeah. to watch. St. Edward's, I think they had one. Um, that is funny. So, <laughs> Laura, you need to tell us more about this crying room so that we could um, inform the listeners. I liked all of those crying rooms that you described, though, Jen. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like, we have a I picture that more. I still remember of before selfie sticks were banned. Of us in that crying room. Oh my gosh, that was hilarious. Yeah. I can't believe we actually had a selfie stick. Right? And in it that was short like a amount cool of time thing. when you're yeah. allowed to. <laughs> uh, we have a lot more. Let's go. So, um, Crystal at Disney says grab an order of beignets and add a mint julep, ride the railroad for a bit. Honeycomb says ride the Mark Twain, um, find one of the random uncrowded encla- enclaves. Is that how you say it? I know what it means, but. Yeah. Like a little, yeah. Inside the Mark Twain, enjoy the ambiance with a snack. Uh, Jen Javitis, I like that screen name, says <laughs> Love it. have some drinks at Carthay Circle, al fresco. So outside, mm-hmm. you can people watch and listen to the live music. Yes, by that fountain has the best live music. Yes. Almost of all time. Because uh, it's just ongoing for a long time. Through the nighttime, even. Uh, someone says, Julie says, Turtle Talk with Crush. I don't think I've been <laughs> to the Disneyland one. Oh, really? Maybe. I mean, it's exactly the same, I believe. You sit on the floor and then they talk to you. Uh, is it, I don't, there's floor space and then there's. Oh, maybe I did go. Okay, so listener of the show, Nicole, who we mentioned earlier, you tell me, Nicole. I think my, the first time I went was when we went with the kids. Probably. And I was like, oh, okay, I can finally go in here without feeling like a creep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In the bench. It's definitely not a solo trip thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) With a cap and, like, sunglasses. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, hey, Zamboni guy says, if the lines are not insane, uh, like, go on Pirates if it's 15 minutes or less. And that's a nice way to chill. Uh, we have more f- about railroads. Pamela says the same thing. Go railroad or go back to the hotel and take a nap. Yes. Um, Angelina says sit on bench and people watch. I love it. People had a lot to say about this question. I also love that people are also down to do that stuff. Like sometimes you go with a group of people and they don't get the relaxation part of Disneyland, like how it can be this beautiful place to just chill. So like proud of you guys. Like you know how to do it right. (laughs) Oh boy. Did you hear that? Oh boy. I think the eighties are calling. How cute. That's from Mauser size. Do you remember that in the 80s? I so do. Very cool. Yes. Very cool. It was like the next rendition of uh, Disco Mickey. Yes. Like the- <laughs> yes. See, so we are here today and we have a topic that came in from one of our patrons, Kylie. Shout out, Kylie. And she really wanted to hear about Disney in yeah! the 1980s. And do we love the 80s? We love the 80s, but we also have another friend who also loves the 80s. Danielle, welcome to the show, officially as a guest on the podcast. Say hello. Hi, thank you for having me today. Some of you might know Danielle (laughs) from our Instagram Lives, who sometimes comes on with us when we do those Live at Fives on Fridays from Jen's house. Uh, But welcome. I think this is a perfect show for you to visit. First of all, you've been friends. We've all been friends since very 
early in life, high school, right? I guess. I was going to yes. say the 80s, but it actually wasn't. It was the 90s. 96, <laughs> I think, yeah. 96. But we grew up in the 80s and all went to Disneyland in the 80s and stuff like that. So that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, but yeah, Danielle, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man, there's so much to talk about. The 80s were a whole different time in the parks. Um, but we have some fun, like, memories that we wanted to share. And I'm just going to just jump straight in. Is yeah. that cool with you guys? Yeah. All right. So first off, like, I have this weird thing with my family where I feel like I don't really have too much of a close family. But the 80s, I certainly did because all we did was go on family vacations and all the time we would go to Disneyland at least once a year. Um, and I remember we go there for special occasions, too. Like my brother was in the Navy. He came back. Um, what would they call it when the Navy, like, pulls their ship up and you get to go visit the ship? There's like a like a docking, like the whatever they're calling it. Anyways, he came to San Diego. He went to visit him, see his ship, and went to Disneyland. I have this amazing photo of him carrying me down Main Street in his, like, navy blues or whatever. Aww. So cool. Yeah, but um, I have to say that that was probably the closest time my family has ever been. And so those memories are, like, this other section of life for me. So family trips are a big piece of that. Yeah, and they are – they're very different than how we operate today yeah, as grown-ups. yeah. <laughs> And they come along with so many memories that are specific to like before the internet and before smartphones. Because when you're talking about family trips, I was thinking it was a whole to do when you plan for it. We would go to AAA, which I guess was car insurance (laughs) and vacation planning. I don't know why those two things are together. But we'd go there and it was so exciting. You get like a pamphlet and then they would help Mm -hmm. you book your trip. Right. Danielle, you're nodding your head. Did you do that? What? Did you yes, oh, yes, yes. That's why I'm laughing. I said, yeah, I remember doing that and getting all the little free, like you said, free pamphlets. And you're like looking at them before you go. So you're getting excited about it. Yes. Getting brochures. Ready. Yes. Wow. I remember AAA too. I was like, oh my God, I get all this free stuff. I was just going to say, we did that when we went to Florida. Me and you, do you remember? Oh I got God, all the stuff I for do. Florida. We got maps Stop. and everything. Wow. We were so excited. Oh my God. I remember. So oh goodness. That is hilarious <laughs> that is. so did you guys both go often as well with your families when you're little or once a year like how what would you guys usually do mike you go first i am um, as a preteen. i'll talk later about being like a kid kid in the 80s but I, I like later 80s early 90s uh we would go down maybe once a year maybe once every two years and it depends on if triple a was having a special or <laughs> the military base so we used to oh. be able to go on the base ah. the navy base and get cheaper tickets. So we it depends <gasps> if they had deals. I bet we did that through my brother. Probably. When he came here. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my goodness. We would go, funny. I think, to like Moffett Field, which is right over there in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. How about you, Danielle? So as a kid, I'm trying to think. The first time I went, I was super young. Like, I don't even remember it. And I don't even know why my parents took me. But they just, you know, took me. And then from then on, it was like every other year. We went almost every other year because my dad knew that was like our one big thing to do every year. Because yeah. we loved it. And, you know, me and my sister both loved it. And um, we would wait all year. And so when summer came, you know, we, we weren't going to miss school. So he had, had us wait till summer. And then we got to go. And we'd go usually also to Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, we went to Universal, like we kind of hit it all up while we were there and we'd go one day each, which was hard because in Disneyland, even back then before uh, California Venture, there was, you know, a lot to do and we only had one day to do it. And I remember in like 1987, I think, or 88, we got two days. Like we had, my dad had business for me two days in a row and it was just like a dream come true. I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. And I still remember going and... 
so that was my whole, you know, my whole thing as a childhood. So yeah, like every other year, I would say. And then, um, how fun! Then I didn't know you went to also Knotts and Universal. I've been saying oh, yeah. that it would be fun next time we go down to actually go to Knotts for once. So the last time I went to Knotts was <laughs> the last. I want to go for the Halloween thing, but the last time I went was actually with I think Mike and Nicole Meyer. Do you remember when we went, Mike, and my sister? It was like me, you, Nicole Meyer, and my sister. We went to Disneyland really? and we went to Knotts. I don't Pretty remember. Sure. I don't I remember. Think. And it was like in like 2000. And, and then I haven't been since. And I haven't been to Universal since 1992 when they wow. had Back to the Future ride. That's the last time. So how many years? That's 20, 30 years. 30. Oh, my, oh my God. And so Jesus. you probably, Danielle and Jen, you also drove down. Is that Would that be the yes, way you would get always. down as a family? Yeah, every time. Yeah. Always a road trip. Um, and I remember specifically my dad like being really impressed with me for not saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? On the way home. And he didn't catch that. I was excited to get to Disneyland. And so I would harass him all the way down there, but not on the way home. Cause who wants to go home from Disneyland? Yeah. Yeah. I remember him being real proud of me on those trips home. He's like, oh, you're quiet on the way back. You're like, yeah, Yeah, cause the fun's already there. there's nothing to look forward to. (laughs) Oh, how sad. I also remember like specific things like, my brother has, we have like a 14 year gap and he was really big into like Star Wars and sci-fi. So we would always head straight to adventure through inner space, which is one of those unique memories that not, not a lot of people have, um, especially around our age because it closed when we were five or six. So wow. like, yeah, I've never been on it. I can barely, I, I mean, I have vivid memories of it, but like, yeah, it's probably only because we went on it every single time if not numerous times and remember that was one of the free attractions to go on now at the time as a kid were you happy to go on it that many times i enjoyed it yeah i don't remember ever complaining i don't really remember complaining about anything in disneyland that was like the best thing yeah nothing was like boring yeah yeah, there's nothing i didn't like like except for like stopping and yeah exactly like being bored (laughs) like what are you doing parents keep up and waiting we had to wait this is what you get for stopping like having me when you're 40 something (laughs) get up and let's go oh wow (laughs) (laughs) um i also remember and have some really fun photos of us at country bear jamboree which was still there in the 80s and i miss it dearly um and then some other fun like attraction memories i uh would always make sure. So my dad, his company, would send him on a company trip to Hawaii every year. And I didn't care at all about That's Hawaii. So cool. All I cared about was getting a day glow neon outfit in the 80s so that I could glow in the Haunted Mansion because the whole attraction has black lights in it. What? So I was just worried about my new Haunted Mansion outfit that wasn't even like a spooky outfit, mind you. It was like neon day glow 80s but it just made me shine in that ride and i liked it that was so cool that's so um, neat that's <laughs> yeah of you What's to have the thought of fantasy land rides yeah right? like, a lot of different lot things, of black lights right uh-huh. dark rides and then finally which is getting close to the end of the 80s but i remember when splash mountain first opened um vivid core memory from that movie inside out that like ball is rolling down right now that marble of my mom and i just running through the line over and over and over again going on splash mountain like way at the end of the night like she was definitely a park closer it's where i get it from so we stayed late and there's no line anymore even though it was brand new and everybody was very excited for it after like 10 o'clock at night, everybody leaves and we just went on that thing over and over and over again. We're so excited. That is such a good core memory. Yeah. Right? You and your mom <laughs> in the marble riding Splash Mountain. And it was probably fresh, fresh water, fresh animatronics. Oh 
new house smell, new car smell. Like <laughs> everything looks like just bright and perfect. <sighs> Those were the days. What a time. Um, I'm trying to think back in the 80s too. So I was probably four or five years old where there's a core memory that is someone else's of mine that I keep. This is that sounds strange, but it is what it is. So <laughs> there's a memory that my cousins, my older sister and my mom have of me that they've told me over and over and over over the last 40 years. So it's now my own Mandela effect core memory. And it was we were all supposed to go to Disneyland. I, I was like five or six. So this was like mid 80s. And um, somebody got sick. So I couldn't go because of that. I think it was my sister. And oh, no. so we had to stay home, but all the cousins went. I'm talking about like eight to 20 people went without us. And um, I just kept saying, and I haven't been to Disneyland yet. And I just kept asking, are we going to Disneyland? Are we going to Disneyland? Disneyland. <laughs> and my cousins always tell me that because they all said, they, number one, they felt really bad because they left me. And number two, they said, like, it started early. Like, you were already wanting to go to Disneyland and it probably made it worse because you didn't get to go. So now I'm like more obsessed with it as a grown up. Right. It's like so the endless funny. obsession to get to go now. Yeah. So I'm trying to imagine this little Mike TV, like confused why we're not going anymore. <laughs> um, and then I do remember when we finally went some other time. Um, I remember not being tall enough to ride Space Mountain. And I remember looking up and it was so looming. It was this massive escalator complex. It looked like it went to the sky as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember like the sign, are you tall enough? That looked really tall. Just the sign itself. And then you just see all of Tomorrowland. Wow. Like I remember that very specifically. Oh my gosh. Do you remember I remember that? the entrance. I liked that entrance. Like he said, the escalator that would go all the way up. And then it had the huge Space Mountain sign, like white, like spires kind of coming up and then in red it said space mountain i'm pretty sure and um i remember that and i can't remember when they changed it like the 90s maybe right or when did they change that not oh, for the yeah. not for the not yeah when did the escalators go away turned into just a concrete ramp i know that weird ramp that goes up i'm all. not sure was it when they changed it over to the magic eye theater or was it later i think it was later because i was i was still too young to really notice that I would say it was probably the 90s, but I also don't yeah, know. I People don't never know. believe me when I say that that there used to be an escalator up to that second level. Really? They're like, no, what are you talking wow. about? It's always been like this. I'm like, no, girl. It was yeah. spooky that way. Like, <laughs> like, like Mike said, it was like looming. Like it was like, oh, you're going to ascend up to the, right. you know, yeah. and it was scary. But I never went on it a lot when it was like that because I didn't want to, as a kid, I didn't, I think I didn't even go on Space Mountain, honestly, until we went on a family trip in 95 and I was 15. So I was already 15 and my sister was 12. And my sister, so we had never been on it, and she knew it was a roller coaster, and it still had the section when you're waiting in line where you could see through those big windows. You guys remember oh, yeah. that oh. with the red honeycomb thing? Yeah. I was called it the honeycomb. It was like a big red ball in the middle, and the cars would like swirl around it, and you could see it just for a sneak peek. And the glow in the strips. Yes, the the, I love the black light. Oh my gosh! And so I remember seeing that, and you could hear it kind of whiz by, right? It's kind of loud. So by the time we get into the big room of the load area. There's like one last chicken escape, and I never realized what it is. It's like a, it's just a little door that like a gate that opens, and it's actually there's elevators that lead. So you could, my sister just chickened out. We waited so long. We had been waiting so long. And you're only with one parent. 
No, no parents oh. say they let us go because we were oh. old enough at that time. Oh. I was 15 and she was 12. So we were old enough at that time and she bailed out. So I said, what am I going to do? My little sister's running away. Oh my God. There's no one to go with me. So I had to get out of line. I remember being sad. And everyone kind of like looked at us. Everyone saw us leaving and kind of, I think they threw in comments or something. Like, they threw in comments. And I was just like, oh man. So I think I still didn't even get to go on until I don't even know how, how long. Wait, oh Nikki, sheep chicken out on Space Mountain? Yes. Jeez, because Louise. you know why? Because you can't see. This is the funny thing. And I wonder if other people out there agree or like, kids that because you can't see the roller coaster like you could at like you know at a, a theme park amusement park where they're outdoors yeah because everything is indoors there um i notice a lot of kids like my sister's friends the child gets scared because they can't see it so they have no idea what to expect yeah, you don't know and you when you don't know the to. yeah the unknown it's it's scary so she probably in her That's mind half the fun. Uh, yeah wow <laughs> She was already yeah. going to Great America at that time at 12, riding those roller coasters, you remember? You know, I don't, yeah, we were going, but was she riding them? It I always was, think, like, my mom yeah. says that stuff about the dark rides, that she gets scared, yeah. but then she closes her eyes on both types of rides anyway, so I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I heard it's more scary if you close, like, on thrill rides. I didn't realize, like, it I read It seems like it, right? It, seems like it, it said on Star Tours, it says if you close your eyes on that, even though, you know, you don't want to get like motion sickness by watching. Sometimes they say it throws you off by watching the, the film. But if you close your eyes and you're just flying around, it says how scary it is. And I remember going on that when it first opened. And I think I was seven and my sister was four and we had no idea what it was. It was brand new. My mom took us on. And my dad waited off because he gets motion sickness, you know, and we saw those signs, warning. So he goes, I'll go, go somewhere else. So it was just me, my sister, who's four, and my mom. And right when it starts off, I, I, I can still remember when it started like right away because we didn't know what it was going to be like. I was so scared and my sister was so scared that we were crying. We started crying. And you know, you can't stop the ride. So my mom held it. She was in the middle of us. And I laid my head on her shoulder and my sister laid on the other shoulder and I remember having barrettes in my hair and the barrettes like dug into yep. my head because I was <laughs> I was pushing so hard on my mom and I had my eyes closed so tight and it was so scary. And that's why after I read this, like, yeah, if you just keep your eyes open, it's not as bad. It's probably still bad, but kids, their instant reaction is close your eyes. Right. And roller coasters too. It's actually really fun when you close your eyes because you don't know what to expect and like what's coming next. It's like when we ride you, rides backwards. Yeah, it's the same thing. You get thrown around. It's fun. Backwards. <laughs> Ooh, Expedition yes. Everest. Oh my goodness. Um, so let's see. The 80s, obviously we have a lot of core memories built in the 80s. Yeah. But also wanted to talk about some quintessentially 80s things that happened at Disney Park. So Mike, tell us a little bit about I love Disney Entertainment. It's Yeah. So let's start with Disney Entertainment before we go back to the park. So we have to remember the 1980s was the time where Michael Eisner took... Uh, I was going to say took control or power. Now, I'm not, this is not Game of Thrones. He became the CEO <laughs> of the Walt Disney Company after Ron Miller. So I believe he was the first CEO that was not blood or not, not around. Since oh, wow. The I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So he took over for Ron Miller in 1984, and Eisner stayed on as CEO until 2005, where he was replaced by Bob Iger. So he had a lot of different eras within his CEO-ship. Um, so let's talk about the 80s. And this is when a lot of stuff happened, like Disney World expanded. Um, he also started planting those first seeds of what was now what is now known as like the golden renaissance of Disney animation because Little Mermaid came out at the tail end of the 80s, which sort of kicked off that whole re renaissance. 
And speaking of movies, I thought it'd be fun if we did a little guessing game on da -dun -da -dun, a 1980s top 10 movies that were most popular. Oh, wait. So this isn't Disney. This is. Oh, no. Good. Sorry. Good clarification. Disney movies. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> in the 80s, the top Ooh, 10 the 80s. most popular in the and 80s. And I assume are live action. Get those right? Or could it be. <laughs> Get stretched, get stretched, get ready. Okay. Okay, I need to listen to the Master Size record. It's very cute. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize they're doing covers of songs like You Can Fly and stuff yeah, like that. Cute. So uh, Danielle asked, is this live action? So good question. So we're going to go through the top 10, and I'm going to see if within the both of you combined, if you can just guess the 10, and I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Surprisingly, in the 1980s, out of those 10... Only two of them are animated. The eight are live action. I was going to yeah. say, I can't think of like hardly anything. Yeah. Um, I have I one really on surprised. my mind. Okay. Should we start guessing? Go ahead and start guessing. Let me get my sound effect for when you're right and when you're correct. Okay, so go oh, for Okay, <laughs> right and correct. I like it. Oh, you're right. Me up <laughs> right or success. wrong. But when you're right and when you're correct. <laughs> right. I'll take it. Um, all right, so I'm going to do my first guess, and I think... Fox and the Hound was in the 80s. Yes. Yeah. 84. Was it 84? Not 84. It's 81. I remember because that's oh, my birth wow, year. So that's my, oh. um, like, you know, I guess if with Disney animated films, you can have like a birthstone, just like a, <laughs> like Chinese or lunar. Or oh, right. Yeah. Horoscope. Sure. So mine is Fox and the Hound. And that's how I always remember 1981, Fox and the Hound. Oh, cute. Oh. I didn't know that. Good job, Jade. I didn't know that. Okay, so you got and nine more, and unfortunately, obviously, obviously, Little Mermaid, right? You already guessed. Oh yeah. There you go. So now you guess both of the animated. Animated, so the rest are all. Dang. Yeah, nineteen eighty, and that was funny. That nineteen eighty one, and then nineteen eighty nine. So Fox and the Hound, and then Little Mermaid, nineteen eighty nine, kicking off the Renaissance. Uh, so you're two for two so far. Uh, you have eight more, and yes, they are all live-action movies. What? Girl. Okay, so live-actions are hard. I don't know them as well, but this feels 80s, even though I think it was earlier, but the computer that wore tennis shoes. Uh, no, that is not one of them. Wait, is that the name of it? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, what? What's his name was in it, right? Uh, dying Words? Disney's Dying Oh, Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell, I think, is in it. Oh. Um, and now one more quick, like quick note here. My bad. There's three animated films in this. Decade. Oh, three oh. animated. There is one more. Is it like a deep cut or is it like a popular? I don't know. I think that depends on your point of view. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It depends on your yeah, opinion. Um, I wanted Shoot. to guess. No, but this, I don't think this movie would be number one. And it's live action. Sorry to go back to that. Because when you started guessing about a computer with shoes, was Flight of the Navigator Disney? <gasps> and was it number one? Yes. He's, he's excited. He's pushing a button. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. I like so, that one, Jenny. Don't yeah, you? Yeah, and it doesn't. I know because mean, of Jenny. It didn't have to be number one at the time. You're just naming the top 10 We're of just the naming 80s. 10 and, oh. Yeah. Top 10 of the 80s. Disney. As ranked by Mike TV? No, oh, right. actually, it's just it's a good question. It's ranked by IMDb. So I think it is based oh, on okay. box office, but you don't have to worry okay. about number one. Just try to guess 10 okay. Disney 80s movies. Okay. Uh, but oh, yeah, so far, you have correctly answered Fox and the Hound, The Little Mermaid, and Flight of the Navigator. We've got seven That's more. A good one. Okay. So we knocked out one of the live actions. What could the other animated one be? 
I don't know what case. So it was before, like you said, the Renaissance. And I did, I wasn't really familiar. Like all the Disney stuff I watched was older. Yeah. All the old classics. Yeah, same. So, hold on. It's okay. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to whisper about it, Danielle. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. Okay, the animated one is pretty cool. It's cool? It's cool. And I guess if I am not trying to be sly, I could tell Danielle, yes, it's kind of a deep cut. I mean. It's not Black Cauldron, right? It's Black Cauldron. No way. Is it? that got it. Hold on. That got ranked as one of the top 10? It came out in 1985. So these are the top 10 movies of Disney in the 1980s. Wow. So yeah, that means it ranked pretty high in their films. Of huh. the decade, but or they only had ten that came out. Yeah, yeah. It also sounds re- like with all these live action movies in there, it seems like maybe they didn't do well that era. Yeah, <laughs> Black Cauldron didn't do well. I remember reading about it. Yeah, they said it, it was actually rated PG. Is that correct? It's not a G first movie. one that was PG. Yeah, yep. and, and um, it was, they it had was people like Tim Burton working on that while he was oh, still at cool. Disney. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah, when he was doing it. Okay, that's cool. Uh, well, that's a good guess. Okay, so we're doing pretty good so far. One of the live actions, I can give you a clue, Danielle, is one of your favorite live action Disney movies. No. And it's perfect for a spooky season. She might, you might even get it. I don't know. I know another one. Not Danielle's, though. Okay. Guess it. You guess Um, it. I'll keep thinking. uh, Parent Trap. No. That's like in the 50s or something. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. No, it's not that old, is it? What? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Because she said Parent Trap. I'm like, there you go. That's right. We were just singing that song to our parents in the 80s it's the older movie 1989 is when i shrunk the kids came out same year as little mermaid oh wow i didn't know that i remember going to the movies and seeing it guys i think it was the drive-ins or maybe the regular movies but like we totally went and saw it with my neighbor our friends that we grew up with remember that um the one that he says hold on is my favorite he said something oh my gosh not the watcher in the woods yes watcher in the woods (laughs) he said one of my favorites oh gosh Spooky season. Love That's on that. Disney I Plus, I think. And they redid it with I can't think who was in it. Tell me, did any of you guys see that? No. Mike, did you even know no, they redid it? I didn't, but they, I didn't know. Or I mean, did you know that Kyle Richards <laughs> from Beverly Hills Real Housewives was in The Watcher in the Woods? <laughs> I don't know anything about the Housewives Oops. at all. <laughs> She's also in Halloween. Thank you. What did he bit. play in in these movies? Oh, the, she is a woman. Uh, <laughs> oh, did you say Kyle? Kyle Richards. Yeah, she is Sorry. the sister okay. of Kathy Hilton. Anyways, if there's any Housewives okay. fans out there, oh, okay. one of her childhood roles is in Watcher in the Woods. And then her sister, the blonde. First of all, they remind me of you and your sister, Kyle <laughs> Richards and her sister. She was in um, the other one, the the mountain one that they also redid with The Rock. It's like the alien oh. in the mountain. Oh, I forgot what that was. Oh, called. wait, wait, wait. There is something about a mountain. That's the name of the movie, right? Yeah. Some, which which yeah, mountain? Some... Escape to which mountain? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep, but yep. that, that wasn't never part seen of it. This. That wasn't part of it. Oh, <laughs> Okay. So you got I'm still some more to right. guess no, here. No, I'm looking up this. No, no, no. I'm, not... <laughs> I'm looking up the characters. She got her phone out. I was like, Don't uh-uh, cheat. no cheating here. What did you say? The name is Kyle Richard. Oh, here. Kyle Richard. I just wanted to see who it was. Um. Okay. What oh, else? Oh, yeah. She's a little sister. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Narek. Remember Karen backwards? Narek. Spooky. Okay, so there's oh, one just... here that is in the top. I'd say the top five. Let's assume the top five at least did pretty well box office wise because so far in the top five, we have The Little Mermaid at number one. So that's their biggest movie in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Number two, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Also makes sense. That was huge at the time. Yeah. Um, and then the next three, um, 
I said I guess they did well. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is pretty w- big and might... still popular to this day. Really? What? And is just getting an attraction. Whoa, what? that should be a giveaway. Hold on, I don't know. Just getting just an attraction. What's getting an attraction? At which right park? Now? At which park? Uh, hold on, hold on. Oh, What's Tron. Happening? Tron. Right? Tron. Is it? It's so 80s. Dang it, it's I'm so very 80s. mad at myself right now yeah. for not guessing Yeah, especially what you said at the beginning. You said quintessential, like that is so 80s, right? Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about it. The Tron Speedway Tunnel. What was it called where you would go in the people mover? They called it like the Tron. I think it was called the that, Speedway right? Tunnel or something. Yeah, and it was like the big screen, and it looked like you. Oh, I love that. It was so cheesy and like whatever. So cool. Made you feel like you're going really fast, but you're I still on the people mover. I loved it. I loved it. Oh my gosh, so okay. fun. Okay, so the, the rest of them, <laughs> more hints, please. Are too hard. Or you just they're, tell us. they're too hard. So I'm just gonna. Wait, tell I have a question. You. Wait, before yeah. you say it, is one of them? It didn't do well, but I remember Michael Eisner specifically wanting to name Splash Mountain after the movie. Is that Oh Splash yeah, is that No, one? that's a good one, but that didn't come out, I guess, in the eighties. It's not on the uh, Oh wait. Yeah. Probably nineteen ninety. It wasn't top ten probably that's why it was pretty bad. And it wasn't actually Disney. It was like wait. it was No, that did owned. well. It did well and it was Touchstone. Let me look up. Touchstone, that's what when I When did Who Frame Roger Rabbit come out? <gasps> that's one. 90s. That's probably one. We did that we had a like nineties oh, episode of it. I got thing. excited. <laughs> did it come out like in ninety, probably? Or 91? Something like that. It was really early. It had to have been. Okay, what are the other ones, Mike? Okay, so, um, Danielle, are you sure you don't have any more guesses? I love it. (laughs) Give us a little hint, both of us. Come on. Okay, fine. No, no, these ones are really hard. Okay, one of them, I'm doing the work to check if IMD is correct, because it's Popeye. And I didn't know that was Disney. Rob... Ben Williams, right? (laughs) What was it? And Shelley Long? The live-action Popeye. Popeye. That's not... I don't... Yeah. Maybe. It's like Warner Brothers or something. That's what I thought. Did, and then Splash, You Are Right, came out in 1984. It is not on this uh, list because it is the, top it's Touchstone it's where oh. I guess See, this list doesn't I, consider. Yeah, that's what I thought. They're a sister company. Whatever that's sort of like whatever. Century Fox now. Yeah. Um, so Splash was there. So you get a bonus point for that. It just wasn't on this okay. list. Oh, Roger yeah. Rabbit wouldn't have been on that list either then, even if it wasn't the oh, 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because right? that was, had to be in like 99. I mean, 89. 89, I mean. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. it's 80. I, I thought it was 88. also 80s, but... 1980. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. All right, so you guys again, you guys right? racked up a couple bonus points, which also there we then... Go. It wipes out the wrong guesses you got. Okay, so the last few are Popeye, which doesn't make sense to me. And then the other ones are... Um, what about something Tracy? Wicked oh, This Way Comes. Do you know this? Oh, gosh, I've heard. I always heard. Yeah. I've never seen it. Um, and then this other Disney, one is very deep cut, and it is Disney... Return to Oz with Faruza Balk. From the oh, okay. That's okay. Disney. That's wow, kind of a cool one. one. Yeah, that one is like explicitly Disney, and it's there's a lot of really interesting YouTube documentaries about that, and just the drama leading up to making it, and why it didn't do so well, or it didn't relaunch the Oz franchise, which they've tried yeah. to do several times. Remember the James Franco movie came out, Great and Powerful yeah. Oz, didn't work. I liked it, but it didn't become a major franchise. Um, and then I'm looking at number 11 on this list since I don't consider Popeye as one. And it's <laughs> Oliver and Company. So they did squeeze oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. another animated film squeezed up in Cute. there. Oh, my God. Do you remember was named Tito? Yes. The little yes, 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 yes. With the green yes. bandana. I love that I remember. so much. And, and then, then what about it, Rescuers or Rescues Down Under? Oh, that, yeah. did, that did place? Oh, that might be 70s. One of them is, but I think one's 80s. Oh, yeah, isn't like it? Down, right? down Under. Because that's the one I remember. Some honorable mentions that I'm scrolling through, like all the way down to 30. There are some 80s that I think are quintessentially Disney, if we flip it that way, which is uh, The Great Mouse Detective. 
<gasps> yes, I remember so that. Yep, that is kind of like a random. Nineteen eighty-six. So, Ooh, Secret so there of Nim, you have that's it. That's not Disney, but no. I know I was thinking that too. Which one? Like, Which yeah. one? Secret of Nim. It was like the competitor. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was Don Bluth. Don Bluth. Yes, he did yep. Land Before American Time. Tale and all that, right. Yep. Um, oh, American Tale. American Tale. Yeah. Oh, so good. good. Ones. So yeah, that's entertainment in the '80s, and that's what Disney was up to. That was a very fun little guessing game. But let's head to the parks. All right. Okay. So. In Disneyland, there was a lot of stuff going on. And can I share your gift idea with everybody, Mike? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. So for my birthday, which I was born in 1980, Mike gave me a Oh, that gift idea. I didn't even know what you... I just said yes to whatever you were going to do. He's like, yes, I'm amazing. (laughs) (laughs) He had a very thoughtful gift, and I thought this was a cool one to share, if that's okay with you. Of course. Um. To look this up on eBay, if you have a really hardcore Disney-holic fan friend that might not like just your generic Mickey Mouse plushie for their birthday or something, um, he went and found two items. One is that, first of all, it was the 25th anniversary in 1980 for Disneyland, so it was a big anniversary celebration going on, and he found me this mint condition bumper sticker that says Disneyland 25, so cool, and it's also a link because Mike's pager code was 25. So cool. So it's going to remind <laughs> me of Mike. Um, but then he also gave me a souvenir book from 1980, which is so cool. You guys have read through this like 10 times now. Um and there's lots of fun stuff in there. So I thought I would just take a quick second to go through some of the things I found in this book. So first off, they have a map. Um, that It's like one of those fun maps, right? Where they have like the exaggerated attractions that are like more um, popular or noteworthy or new maybe. Um, yeah, they kind of have like little ones... editorial features within the maps back then. Yeah, yep. that was cool. Yep. That was really cool. Um, and some of the things I found on there that mostly, and let me see. Yeah, my list is literally everything that's no longer there anymore. But it's made me so happy because it reminded me of that other version of Disneyland from the 80s. And it's the Skyway buckets are on there. The Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. which Yeah, we still got a treehouse, but ain't Swiss Family Robinson. Um, Who knows what it is today. Right, yeah. (laughs) We'll see. At some point, maybe they'll announce it at the next (laughs) D23X. But just kidding. Um, They also had America Sings on there, which I remember very vividly. Me too, me too. And, of course, Country Bear Jamboree. Both of those two, quintessential Disney, if you're talking about animatronics and stuff. Those Mm -hmm. are two of my favorites. Of those four, I haven't... I, I don't remember experiencing America Sings. You both have, right? Yes. Tell people what that is. That's Carousel of Progress, I think. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it was there for the um, Bicentennial of America. So it was in (laughs) 1776. Or I'm sorry, 1976. No, but that's... It was birthed. It is. Oh, my gosh. That's when it came to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And it took over the Carousel Progress Building. And it's the same mechanism where you have the rotating audience around the static stage with numerous different scenes that you get to see. (coughs) Excuse me. And it was like, how would you even say? It's like going through the the times of America. Like there was like, wasn't there a part where you have like Uncle Sam and... It was the Eagle Sam, and he's in all the scenes. He was in all of them. Oh, that's right. He's like the like narrator. Yeah, narrator and his little owl friend. And I think the owl 
I'm blanking. It's Ollie. It was Ollie the Owl, I think. But was oh it like gosh, edutainment, like Schoolhouse Rocks? Like it told you about America? Yeah, or? it was all about music. It was. It, this yeah. is the weird thing. And people said, "There's first of all, there's a lot of documentaries out on like YouTube. If you guys or any of the listeners out there are interested, that was one of my favorites. So I went like in the last, I don't know, a few years researching, and I even bought. This was a long time ago on eBay. They would sell like um, home footage of the, before like YouTube. This was like in the you know mid 2000s, <laughs> and this guy was selling them. I remember all the extinct attractions. Do you yes. That, do you remember that at the Frankenstein's we bought that whole stack of DVDs? Yes. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yes. And so they have a whole little kind of like um, about you know the whole history of it and what happened was a lot of people. It wasn't very popular. It was in a weird, you know, it's at that section of Tomorrowland where it's at the end of Tomorrowland, kind of in the corner. And they said it's all about the history of America's music. And they said, how does that fit with the future in Tomorrowland? It really didn't. It's and the, very true. <laughs> and the reason they did it, I'm, I don't know if, you know, people probably know this, is because they um, they had to get rid of, you know, the Carousel Progress. They moved that out. And I think it was like Mark Davis and some of the other Imagineers just came up with this kind of like a wacky idea. I don't know. And I thought, I mean, I love it. I wish they still had it. Like, I don't know how popular it would be. Probably not. But it was just super fun. And the thing is, it was long, though. Once you sat in the theater, it would rotate to six different scenes. Like, wherever you start, and then four musical scenes, and then the finale is like the little ending scene. But so it was a long ride. So you had to make sure you went to the restroom first yeah. before you got on. I don't think you could just, you know, you can't just escape. Um, That's but cool. But I highly I recommend I never put together that it was there for the American uh, bicentennial. So therefore, was I guess it was meant to be limited? You know, good question. That is, huh. I think it did maybe overstay its... Yeah, maybe that's why they said, oh, okay, it's already been this long. I I mainly know America Sings as the the previous cast of Splash Mountain before they came to Splash Mountain, (laughs) the animatronics. Yeah, (laughs) yes, that's how I remember it. Yeah. Um, So other fun things on this uh, or in this book was again all the extinct attractions, even just listed. So you're looking through this guidebook as if it's like I'm headed to Disneyland today. And it's just, they're like ex- having all these exciting ways to explain these rides that are no longer there, which makes me a little Aww. sad, but it makes me very nostalgic and happy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like seeing Bear crun- Country on a map is pretty crazy, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. so splash. I don't think I know wow. that either. That's before Critter Country? Yep, so Critter Country came later. Um, I love that there's a section in the souvenir books that tells you to make sure to get a hand stamp on your way <laughs> out of the park. I can remember right now the exact smell of said yes, hand stamp, yes. right? That lemony. That it was like a lemony. lemony. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It smells so good. And it would be like characters sometimes. And then they would get smudged Aww. and it would look really funny or like not look like anything. <laughs> um, and let's see what else here. Uh, lots of attractions were actually listed as free. And they're in like all caps, like free, uh, great moments with Mr. Lincoln. And they were really advertising. And at first I was like, what? But then I'm like, oh yeah, they were still working off of the ticket books yeah. back oh. then, so they had to really like get you to go to those attractions that were free, which oh. is pretty funny. That's the big transition of that time. Like here, yeah, now yep. we're dealing with you know Genie Plus and all that. Wow. They had um, the candle shop was still open on Main Street, which I've always been like enamored with. So that was um, over on. Oh, where was that? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Um, it was over on Main Street. Or, yeah, so Main Street, and then there's Center Way, right, that goes to, um, 
like where you can hear the dentist it's next to starbucks all that stuff lockers. and then on the yeah the oh lockers and then flip on the other side that used to actually be like a courtyard with like stores and stuff and a flower oh. mart oh. used to all be over there and then now since carnation cafe is basically taken over and added outdoor seating you, you just kind of forget that that was like a little area oh, and they used to have this yeah. candle shop that was just full of colorful candles and it looks so cool and i don't remember it at all but i've seen photos and i've always been so intrigued by it wow um let's see what else oh speaking of care carefree corner was a place on main street which i don't remember but they said you could come and sign the disneyland guest what wow that's cute do they still have a guest book guest book i don't Oh, wait, don't they have something in Maybe City in, Hall or yeah, something? Yeah, they might have something. <gasps> we ought to go do. look and sign we it. We should do so. that next yeah. time, for sure. Um, and then the last thing in this little souvenir guide, it has a centerfold that, that rolls out, and it has a bunch of different quotes by Walt Disney, and one of them I just loved so much. It's like a very Disney-holic quote. And this is what Walt Disney said. He said, in the winter time, you can go out there during the week and you won't see any children. You'll see oldsters out there <laughs> riding these rides and having fun. Oh, he it. called us oldsters. That's so oldsters. cute. Oldsters. I love it. Us. Wait, I hope we're not considered oldsters. Uh, <laughs> I need to save are. that uh, <laughs> Save that quote to pull it out anytime people like. Try to say, why do you go as grown Exactly. Yeah. 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 They were even doing it way back then. And Thank Walt you said it himself. So there you in go. In the winter time. And that time. was, you know, even longer. I know. You know in the winter so. time, that was interesting. Is it? In yeah, the winter in time. the winter time. Not in the summer, though, because so all the kids cute. are probably there off of vacation. Um, so I pulled some quick stats, and I was trying to find attendance, because I remember specifically in the 80s that it was a lot less crowded. Like, of course, before DCA got added and everything, 90s were also better, but the 80s were pretty smooth running as far as i remember and i could not find it so if anybody knows how to find the attendance i would love to see like what a regular day in disneyland was like back then compared to now i do remember in the uh shape land youtube video that we love highly recommend that documentary where they talk about um attendance and fast pass and how that stuff works they did show some sort of graph and it was like exponential growth between like the 90s to (laughs) 2010 yeah so you're right the 80s were do you know they were it was a casual place to go yep yep um well i did pull pricing because pricing is always fun to think about um and at the time in 1980 it was only one dollar to park your car there i think it's like 47 million dollars at this point um (laughs) one dollar to park your car and an adult ticket book at the highest value was nine dollars and 25 cents what did that get um, you an adult ticket? yeah how many rides it, i think it was 15 attractions and it was all mixed between a through yeah. e wow okay um and then 89 so you're gonna see the inflation of just the 80s alone here parking went to five dollars and they got rid of those ticket books they're like done with this and now they have all day all-inclusive passes highest paid one in 1989 was 25 50. Okay, so I like that you mentioned inflation because I'm also remembering from Shapeland's graphs, I guess they did a good job with these graphic charts, was that the Disney company followed American inflation numbers like a normal company. And then out of nowhere, like in the 2000s, they just made their own inflation. Everything was going up by like 400 (laughs) percent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So that is no longer an excuse for them. So speaking of inflation, sometimes that inflates because 
maybe we get new attractions. And so let's take a look at what happened in Disneyland as far as new things opening in the 80s. So in Disneyland, in 1983, we got Pinocchio's Daring Journey. And I remembered at this moment that 1983 was the year that the brand new Fantasyland opened, right? And I was like, was Pinocchio the only thing that was new and it was right I'm they just think, moved things it? around like dumbo moved alice in wonderland wow they like lifted up and moved okay these. wait alice in wonderland came later but i want to say it That's came in like right. 50 was it like 58 or something like that definitely wasn't opening it wasn't open with the park but when did they get rid of the chicken of the sea tuna boat was that for the 83 yeah. so yeah. the for new fantasy land saw the demolish Yep. Oh. oh, how sad. Right. Demolition or demolishment? Either yeah. way. <laughs> I was going to say what's the right word. We literally make up words on this show, so you're totally fine. <laughs> okay. But I was wondering, so that, and then they updated for sure. Oh, I think what I read was they updated a lot of those Fantasyland dark rides, like probably Mr. Toad, I guess, too. But a lot of them had like just big cardboard cutouts or like wooden cutouts mm, yeah. that were like black light reactive. And then they actually put in, you know... Um, little statue figure i don't know what to call them yeah, animatronics they're kind of like the yeah the static figures or whatever did they go from a redesign to didn't they have didn't it yes. look more like a, a carnival and then it became now yeah. like a village well do you yeah. know why they did the village no they found the blueprints that walt disney had done <gasps> himself and he cut for time cut for budget they didn't have time to do it in the 50s so they made it like a carnival it was cheaper oh that my was gosh the that was dinoland usa before dinoland jerody ah, <laughs> oh no and so they, I just thought that was so special that they found, what What I read was, I don't know if it's true, but they like found these blueprints that were like, you know, an archive somewhere and said, hey, we're going to redo this. Let's redo it right how Walt wanted it. And they did I it like that. the Swiss cool. chalet and all that. And I think it's so, I love the way it looks like compared Me to. Me too. Same. And I think Florida had the circusy look or they carnival. Still. Do they still? See, I yeah. don't, yeah, I don't, I love it. I don't like that. it. And they don't have all the dark rides over there at Magic Kingdom. They have uh, well, new Fantasyland, which oh, looks more yeah. immersive, but the one behind yeah. the castle, like their version of the story stuff yeah, yeah. it still looks like a old carney carney well they got rid of snow white right and they got rid of toads that's all i know and they never had pinocchio which i thought was interesting i think we're like oh yeah, yeah and they have a big restaurant for pinocchio oh village house bigger than i was gonna village house like when we had i mean their restaurant's really big out there yeah. it's like two there's like two sides to it, oh, yeah <laughs> Whoa. Wow. really big wow okay so we got the new fantasy land and pinocchio's daring journey came along with that um, and then 1985, we had Videopolis, <laughs> Videopolis. Oh, my gosh. Such a cool, like, adult nightclub space in Disneyland. So that if came That would be so cool. Like, if the three of us were able to time travel and we weren't trying to save the world or, like, kill Hitler or anything, we got to do something fun, you know, like Bill and Ted's Excellent Journey. Yeah. How fun would it be to go back and just experience and that, that yeah. the nightclub? Oh, my gosh. That would be so cool. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's what kind of those After Dark events was are like. Yeah. yeah. They brought back Videopolis for oh, man. an event. That would have been... Oh. should have gone. Yeah, I wish I, I wish I could have went to that. Could have, would have, should have. And so moving on to 86, if you guys are hungry, you can have an all-you-can-eat buffet over at Big Thunder Ranch Barbecue. Yeah. Because that opened in 86. Yeah. Um, and then going back a tiny bit in time, in 1984, the Magic Eye Theater opened up with Magic Journeys in Tomorrowland. What is and that? And in 1986, what happened, Danielle? Oh, I love it. I was going to hope you put it on the list. <laughs> Mike's favorite attraction <laughs> opened. Wait, he doesn't like it? <laughs> Excuse it's me, sarcasm. I know sarcasm. It's pure sarcasm. That was literally when people ask me, what's your favorite attraction? Because I'm, well, I'm assuming Mike's not a fan 
of MJ, no. but because <laughs> I'm such a big fan, I've, since I was a kid, and Disney, like Michael Jackson, Disney together was like, I could, you know, that was like the ultimate. And so when they brought it back, of course, so excited, but that's a whole nother topic for another day. But uh, Captain EO, sorry, I never said it. Yes, that's what Captain I was talking EO. about, Captain EO. <laughs> you guys didn't know what we're talking about. So there was something before that called Magic Journeys for a couple years. I don't know too much yeah, about it. Yeah, like what, one or two years? It was like the first Yeah, it was two there for two years. years. Yep. And can I add this fun fact about Captain EO? Yeah. Captain EO was 17 minutes long. It cost $17 million to make. So it was wow. literally a million dollar a minute. And that's how much the park cost to make when Disneyland <laughs> opened in 55. Wow. It was 17 million. And I said, look at the, like you said, inflation and time, like Crazy. how much they spent on that. But uh, love it. And it was George Lucas mm-hmm. and Francis Ford Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola. Together. What an interesting And Angelica Houston. And Angelica Houston. And Michael. Yeah, so weird. What a weird mix. As the but witch. How did those two major directors come together and have Captain EO come out of it it's so weird (laughs) the godfather in Star Wars you know what I think needs to happen I think Danielle needs to come back on the show one day and take us through a deep dive of the Magic Eye Theater and including Captain EO because I want to know all those uh, the answers to all those questions oh yeah that's a fun deep dive I love yeah I like Captain EO so not much longer in 1987 Star Tours debuted again George Lucas getting real friendly with Tomorrowland (laughs) Um, and then also in 1987 was the opening of the Disney Gallery above Pirates of the Caribbean, which I thought was there a lot longer. Yeah, no, I remember reading that. <laughs> so weird. What was it before, though? Was it just, it never was, it was the apartment. Just, yeah, it was supposed no. to be the apartment. So I think it was just a storage again, right? Yep. Or, or part of a or an office dinner or service for Club 33 yeah. or something. Yeah. That's right, though. It opened in 80s. I remember that, though, vividly, right, as a kid. Right. And then we were talking about this one earlier, but Critter Country became a thing and got rid of Bear Country. Mm-hmm. Now, Critter Country came in in 1988. And shortly thereafter, 1989, is Splash Mountain. So that was so. timed, do you think? That all happened as one swell. Yes, yeah. Swoop, they probably knew the ride was Bell coming. swoop. Yeah. Interesting. I think it was like it, they couldn't put Splash Mountain in. There's like hardly, there's no bears, right, in Splash Mountain. I guess that one no. guy. Yeah, the big you know, bear Br-Bear. with the bumblebees. Brer Bear, yeah. Br-Bear. Oh, I see you're saying Br-Bear But country, it's like they had Br-Bear all those country. other characters in there, and oh. now they could also include other things and too. that whole splash mountain was just created off of like a, another cut for time cover budget like that ride america sings was kind of i don't know if the word is waning like it was like the popular you know it wasn't very popular and not, not a lot of crowds so they wanted to know what could they do with all these animatronics right there was like hundred i mean i don't i can't remember how many there were there was a lot and so i think it was tony baxter right i think it was his idea and maybe some of the other imagineers where they thought of putting all those kind of recycling them reusing them and putting them into a new ride in this new land to draw people over there. Because I think Bear Country True was suffering. No one went there. I think yeah, all they had was Country Bear Jamboree. Country Bear Jamboree and the Hungry Bear yeah, restaurant. restaurant. That was it. And wow. so they, it was a mile-long bar, I was just going to say, and I think an arcade. Teddy Bear is shooting arcade or oh, something like that, right? It, swing an arcade. arcade. There you go. Oh. So cute. And so they said, let's do a thrill. And they needed a thrill ride. And it was about that time. And then that's when Michael Eisner said, well, let's throw the word splash in there. Since our new movie was coming out, like coinciding with the so corny. Flick. He's so and they're like, weird. this is so cheesy. <laughs> Imagine that there was a Daryl Hannah animatronic and Tom Hanks. That's so weird. <laughs> in like a bad uh, If they went like hilarious. full on splash. Um, but yeah, I mean, Winnie the Pooh ended up in Critter Country, so it still could have been Bear Country, but whatever. Which that is weird though. Critter, I mean, I guess Winnie the Pooh, are, they are critters, but it's like, I don't know. I think of bugs, it, not animals, when I hear critters. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I think of like raccoons and yeah. a possum and that kind of stuff which oh. is a lot of that in porcupines R- a lot of those in splash mountain 
Those are all like critters. Yeah. Me, Winnie the Pooh is kind of too cartoony for me. Like I, it's in Fantasyland at Florida, right? That's yeah. where they put it. It replaced mm-hmm. Toad, right? So that kind of, I get it. Um, even though it's not a classic Disney, not really like all the other ones that are kind of behind the castle. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a weird, but I get it. They were saying people weren't going to that show to, to Country Bears, but I wish, like, of course I wish they saw oh, it. I love I yeah, I wish. all the time. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Disneyland in the 80s sounded pretty fun, and we have some memories of it, depending on the year, right? Mm -hmm. I do have one more thing about the 80s, though, before we move on. And it was that they seem to have had a new parade almost every single year in the 80s. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not even going to bother to go through the list. A new parade every year. A new parade all the time through every year or every other year. Sometimes they'd skip. But, like, we, you know, we're lucky if we see one every five years right now. That is interesting <laughs> yeah and that's a lot of work to break that down and put a new one up every year so someone yeah, was always exactly. working on one while the other one must have been going yeah now that we can see how long they can last and still draw crowds it's interesting to see like they would just drop it after a year then again our parades now are pretty amusing in comparison sorry <laughs> that okay fine that that part is true because i was about to go into a rant saying <laughs> if they did stuff so quickly before why is it taking them so long but your point it's so much more complicated now and there's yeah. so much like technology required yeah. that i remember random when rise of the resistance was taking so long and was delayed it was because of like the the rfid and gps wasn't working right. on the track yeah. of vehicles and that to me is so weird like uh, it's such a future problem they didn't have those type of problems back then all right so that's pretty much a wrap on disneyland in the 80s but what was going on on the east coast over in disney world uh, so this was fun doing a little bit of research here because I definitely did not ever visit Disney World in the 80s. I don't think Florida at all. Um, but there was a lot going on, again, going back to the Michael Eisner era. So he was putting a lot of investment, financial investment in the parks, particularly expanding Disney World to be more competitive. And so let's start with 1980. Big Thunder Mountain opened in 1980. And this is something interesting, too. I didn't know... I never know like which came first when there's two rides at both parks. So I guess Thunder Mountain opened in 1980 and then a brand new theme park. Like what a cool milestone to live through. Epcot Center opened in 1982 and it was still called Epcot Center back then. So that was really neat. Oh yeah. I don't think I've ever really thought of Epcot as like the second because Magic Kingdom is yeah. like a copy, right? Yeah. So now we're finally moving on to a whole other yeah. style. Original park. Never yeah. like really thought about that put that all together wow and even with all that they still didn't really (laughs) nail what walt wanted to do Mm -hmm. with what was called the florida project like it really wasn't supposed to be disney world right it's supposed to start with epcot and it was going to be this big what what does it stand for cult is a big cult cult (laughs) what it was going to (laughs) be socialism (laughs) experimental prototype community of tomorrow did i get it yeah yeah that's it okay so that opened in 1982 um, then over at Magic Kingdom, here we go with seasonal events starting as early as 1983. The very first Merry Christmas party, very Merry Christmas party happened over at Magic Kingdom. And there you go, again, ticketed event. So they have experimented with these things way back in the 80s, these oh, wow. exclusive add-on tickets. It does seem events. like, yeah, I don't really really realized that they yeah. had them that long ago in 83 yeah. they were charging for a separate event at night yeah for very night i for think christmas too was... it was wow. one night but i could be wrong okay. um wow. 
which would be more like our Disneyland After Darks. But even now they're starting to do multiple. Uh, all right. So then in the same decade, what a time to be alive. Disney MGM Studios opened. So we had two Disney parks open in the 1980s. Thanks wow. to Michael Eisner. Um, also, thanks to Universal Studios deciding to have a footprint in Orlando. That is what made Michael Eisner move forward with this project to compete with Universal Studios. And they managed to open a year before Universal as the competitor. Oh, so wow. I'm going to go back to my rant. We know they can build things quickly. <laughs> <laughs> We're right now it. in the midst of Universal building a brand new third full theme park from scratch. And Disney's not wow. doing anything. They're just sitting around. Michael Eisner mm-hmm. would not allow that. I wonder what he thinks. <laughs> Maybe Chapek has something up his sleeve. I hope so. <laughs> I <kidding>. hope so. <laughs> Uh, what else happened in Disney World in the 80s? Wait, okay, this could even be considered a third theme park if you wanted. So Typhoon yeah. Lagoon opened, an entire water park opened, 1989, the same year as Disney MGM Studios. Wow. So in the 80s, we had two Disney parks and a water park open. We also had a huge shopping and entertainment complex expansion in 1989 when Pleasure Island opened at Ooh. Disney World, still downtown Disney at the time. And now that we know Roger Rabbit came out in 1988, this makes sense because they were doing a lot of that grown-up stuff. And then they had the big Jessica Rabbit uh, store. Oh, that's right. With her oh, yeah. leg moving around <laughs> in uh, neon lights. That is so cool. A uh, couple more important things. Milestones happened over at Disney World. The Grand Floridian Resort opened in 1989. Now, I didn't know it was this young, I guess. Young, is that the right I know. Word? I pictured yeah. it being there like as soon as Magic Kingdom opened, especially because it's right across the way. Yeah, and the lagoon. Right, and it's like the most yeah. popular Disney World, or at least one of the highest, most popular ones, or coveted at least. Yeah, I think Weird. it. If again, I'm not too much of a Disney World historian, but I think it only opened with contemporary and Polynesian. Does that sound right? I was just going to ask, what are the ones oh, that it Polynesian. opened with? Because wow. they, they themed them to like the lands, right? So uh, contemporary is supposed to be like Tomorrowland, Polynesian's Adventureland, Grand Floridian is Main Street, they said. But that's interesting. Who's I they? I never heard that before. That's yeah, they were themed me. to fit the lands of... But is there any other ones? They owe us Fantasyland, Yeah, I was I just going to say what's going to like a big circus. Um, Liberty circus. Square? Let's, let's skip right over that one. New Orleans? <laughs> oh, they do have Riverside, but it's not. It's just not yeah. on the lagoon. I was just going to say, I don't know if they're, they're, those are old, but yeah, they probably did. The, um... They don't have a New Orleans Square, Mike. Oh, Sorry. my God. Oh, gosh, that's right. <laughs> Wait, you thought it too, Danielle, for a second. Oh, how sad. Well, you know what? Sad. That's... I'm going to say sad for them. That's my favorite land in Disneyland. There is Very that. sad they don't have it. Disneyland Hotel. for me because you're both like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, mm, I was like, yeah, they're not like, sure. I didn't, I wouldn't even have thought it if you didn't say it. I do know Disneyland Hotel has the towers based on some of the lands. They have like Fantasy Tower, Adventure Tower. Oh, cool. Are the rooms um, themed? Speaking of, on this map you gave me that we were talking about earlier, there's only, it, show, it only shows one tower at Disneyland. Hotel. Yeah, only Weird. one tower at all, which Weird. I don't know if it's just the fun map. Oh, instead of having the two Yeah, towers, it might have just right? been so that. Well, they have three, three, now. three now. Like yeah. a simplified map. Because they always had the towers before it was even Disneyland Hotel's um, ownership. Okay, okay. But remember. were there multiple towers or was there only one? Because in all the artwork I see, like when I see artwork sketches of it, it is. It's just one long skinny building and it says yeah, Disneyland Hotel in lowercase letters. That's another one we should look. I bet you there's good YouTube videos. I remember watching stuff about... As the towers were added. So depending on the map, maybe it wasn't added Oh, yet. I know a Disneyland yeah. hotel historian. Literally. He lives in Fremont. Wow. So oh, really? there we go. Because it was like a big convention up. center. I mean, it still is. But I mean, it was built for that at first. Yeah, I think there's a lot right. of cool history 
we could learn there. Um, but yeah. back to Disney World, one last thing that happened was also resort related. The opening of Caribbean Beach, 1989. So that's a moderate resort, huge. It's really cool, colorful. And Jen, you recently stayed there in a pirate room. I did. What? I did. It was a mistake. Nothing to do with that hotel, but it was very, it was made for kids, the room we stayed in. We got like pirate boat beds thinking it would be funny. Yeah, it's cute. And they were like not very comfortable and very tiny for two of us, so it was kind of silly. But it's okay. The room was very cute, though, and it was right next to the, um, what is it called out there? Skyliner. Nice. So nice. That is a huge plus for staying at Caribbean Beach. Yeah. It's right next to the Skyliner. It's also right next to the Riviera. You could take the Skyliner or walk over there, have restaurant, uh, have restaurant, have dinner at uh, Topolino. For dinner. (laughs) Topolino's (laughs) Terrace. Did you go to the pools at Caribbean Beach? Uh, I walked through them. We didn't use them. We just didn't have time. Now, here's the question that everybody wants to know is. How do you pronounce it? Because Pirates of the Caribbean. I was guessing yeah. it this whole time. We talked about that before, remember? Yeah. It, it, and my one of the teachers I work with said there was a right way to say it. I think he said Caribbean is the right way. Caribbean is not right. Oh. I swear that's what he said. But I don't know if that's true. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. It was like last year. I think the only time I ever say Caribbean is when I say Pirates, Pirates of, of the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah, not Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, it sounds so weird. It's like, yeah. well, we're going on a cruise to the Caribbean. No wonder right. that felt oh, weird. So we got Caribbean Beach Resort. It yeah. sounds better than Caribbean. Caribbean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Caribbean Beach sounds really weird. By itself, like Caribbean, yeah. Caribbean Without the pirates Beach. of. That's too weird. Oh, that's funny. Very weird. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm my so nostalgic for the 80s now. I know. I know, man. If only we had a DeLorean. Ooh. Wait, that's not Disney either. Whoops. It's not, but they did just celebrate a big anniversary. I think 35 or something. Oh, they did. It was very sweet. So thank you, Kylie, for the patron topic today. We got to step back in time, check out Disneyland in the 80s, and have all of our fond memories shared with what it was like and what it felt like to be there in the 80s. Um, We also kind of went through some Disney drama, see what the fans are talking about. We went through our Instagram polls with you guys. And, of course, remembered Angela Lansbury. But with that said... Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed episode 106 of the Disneyholics show. Follow us on social media at the Disneyholics. And if you want to get in touch with us, send us a message on Instagram or email us at fanmail at the Disneyholics.com. And Bye. thanks for joining oh, us, yeah. Danielle. Yes. Thank you. What a fun Thank guest Thank you, guys. A lot of have. fun. Super fun. Yes, hope to have you back on soon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Bye. 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 Let's do the backstroke. Back and around, back and around.
man, I really want to go to Disneyland. 